What is Evolve Beyond? A podcast that touches on life's experiences and in turn guides you to your greatest wisdom, truth, and energetic potential. We are your hosts. I'm Michael Adams, human behavior specialist. And I'm Amy Elizabeth, energy evolution mentor. Together, we dive deep. So you can accelerate your highest evolution and align with who you were born to be. We are asking our listeners to come with an open mind and strongly encourage trying on a new way of thinking to transcend reoccurring patterns and themes once and for all. It is in acceptance and responsibility that we are able to do that for ourselves and our life's path. We invite you to dive deep with us and evolve beyond. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Evolve Beyond. I'm Mike Adams. And I'm Amy Elizabeth. And today we are talking about victimhood. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Now, it's a really interesting subject and we might as well dive straight in because victimhood is all around us. You see it everywhere. You've been it yourself. You felt it. You felt the emotions of it. You've seen other people who you know come to you. And we use that language. They've got victim mentality. But why? Where does it come from? How does it manifest itself? Uh, We're going to touch on some of those areas. Okay, well, let me start by sharing a story with you of a consultation that I did several years ago. It involved a couple who were having what they described as communication problems. And we agreed that I would see both of them individually and as a couple. Well, in one of my one-to-one sessions with the male, who was definitely the dominant personality in this particular relationship, I decided to use the drama triangle in the form of open therapy so that I made the client aware of the different roles that people take in a drama triangle, which is, of course, the persecutor, the rescuer, and the victim. So he decided to share the story with me of him and his wife sitting down for an evening meal, a quiet evening in he'd agreed he would go and do the cooking and prepare a glass of wine he went off to do that and in the meantime his wife received a phone call from her sister who lives abroad and they were on the phone for two hours which absolutely pissed him off so when he came back to her he laid into her i've been making a meal you know what i've been doing This is, as far as I'm concerned, you had no consideration for me, blah, blah, blah. It went on like that. I mean, he he said, yeah, he really gave it to her. And you could see the pleasure he was getting from explaining that to me. So I said, okay, then, so who do you see yourself as in this uh, drama triangle? He looked at me like I was mad. He said, well, obviously I'm the victim. So I said, but you seem to be doing a lot of persecuting. And he stood still and he realized Oh my gosh. Yeah, I am the persecutor in this little drama triangle. I said, yes, you are at the moment, but you're coming from a place of feeling like a victim. And that is the two-sided coin that we're looking at here. Because very often as the victim, you can respond as a persecutor, which then starts to victimize somebody else. And that keeps the drama alive. And the idea is almost a form of codependency, right, Michael? Completely. Back and forth, back and forth, feeding the cord, the energy signature, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Until somebody steps in to rescue and says, Mm -hmm. do you know what? This doesn't matter. 
But the whole idea is not to be a rescuer either. It's not to play the drama in the first place. Right, because when you're the rescuer, you're actually enabling the situation and you're delaying the person from seeing and knowing and taking responsibility for how they're being. So, again, that's a very interesting dynamic and it's a simple story. And if you can imagine that it's happening at that level, when you start to look at victimization in much more serious situations, it takes on a whole other meaning. It strikes deeper and it becomes something that an individual wears. It literally becomes a part of their identity and their personality. It's hard to even talk about this topic. And I know that some people might hear this as unempathetic, but for instance, somebody who's been raped, I think everybody felt that I was about to say that, right? Somebody who's been raped or somebody who's been physically hurt. Mm -hmm. That's another way of being victimized. And it's not to say that that person, A, deserves it or is participating in it or anything of that nature, but there is a level or an energy signature where it's about, like Michael just said, not wearing that coat, mm -hmm. but transcending that and saying, okay, this is a terrible thing that happened. Now, how do I transcend that? How do I not make it a part of me? It's like when we say, I am sick, you know, because we have the flu. All you're doing is confirming and reaffirming in your spirit that your spirit's sick. Actually, it isn't that you are sick. It's not a part of, it's not a state of being. It's a feeling. So I feel sick. And even when you say I am sick to I feel sick, how different does that feel? Because you're not claiming it as a part of who you are in your being. What you're doing is you're saying, this is something I'm experiencing. Just like I'm experiencing being victimized by my perpetrator. Doesn't mean that you claim it as who you are. Otherwise, you keep drawing that into you. And all you do is keep those situations coming back. You're broadcasting them out, just like a, a radio tower is broadcasting out a frequency or a message or, you know, music into to a station. It's an important point that you're making here, because if we look at victimization and the dynamics of it, there are cases, as, as you've perfectly described, where it's obvious somebody's been a victim, they've been raped, right. they've been assaulted, they've been abused. But we have the other side of the coin whereby people want you to see that they've been victimized or they want to pass on their experience to you so they act like the victim. These are the people who come into your space and they want your attention. They want you to feel what they're feeling about a certain situation uh, that they might feel is abhorrent. And, and, and to you, it doesn't even register. It's not even in your world. Yet they feel even more victimized and rejected by you because you're not recognizing it. Now, that type of victimization is actually deep-seated. It's in somebody's value system. It starts to be about how they relate to the world and all around them. And very often it's because they don't feel like they show up in the world. So therefore to show up, they project victim mentality. And Michael, tell everybody where this pattern typically comes from. Childhood. Learned and behavior. Mm -hmm. And metaphysically. If you believe in past lives or past experiences, it also can be something that has continued to revisit you that you learn in this lifetime. 
So it shows up in many different ways. It also can show up generationally. So if you look at your mother and your father and it continues to show up or your grandmother and your grandfather. I need you to hold a pin. You have no idea where you just sent me. I am on fire because you've just described the black experience. Yes, I know. You really have. I don't know. I know I'm white. I understand that. But as somebody who works with many black people, I hear it time and time and time again. And this is why I do this metaphysical work with them, specifically generational lineage work. And I do believe it is such a, whether you know somebody wants to hear this or not, it's such a privilege to be an African-American, to be a black person, because you're transcending. You guys are doing the big effing work. You well, know, just like women are doing the big, big work and, in that way. And I don't mean to say like white men aren't, you know. <laughs> like, no, I understand. I mean, like, I mean we're, in a, we're in an area that's very interesting and, we're, and, and we can't, we can't tiptoe around it. We just have to say as it is. Okay, and, okay. and, and you've got to remember, I'm over here, I'm black British. And it, my experience mirrors that of the African-Americans. We are a body of black people universally who have had this victim mentality thrust upon us. And it's a label that we yeah. can either respond to yeah. or, or not. Now I choose not to respond to that label. I don't recognize myself as a victim. I see the victimization and persecution of my race through history. I can see that and recognize that. But for me to go move beyond that, I move beyond the victim and I show up in the world as me, as Michael Adams, a black man and proud to be. Excellent. And, I, and see, that's the thing is when you show up informing and educating and communicating this value system that's transcending something that is, I mean, it just is. It's heavy, it's dense, and it's here. We can't deny what we're being shown. It's yeah. disgusting. I'm not saying that it's like, it's not like we're celebrating this in any way, shape, or form. It is something that is to be transcended and to be lifted up and to be shown. And that's why Black Lives Matter and the movement of this is so important. And, you know, I mean, it's lovely to say all lives matter, but that's not the effing point. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you're taking away from the importance mm -hmm. of this movement and of what the Black heritage has had to undergo mm -hmm. in separation, segregation, harm, devaluation i mean y y you would obviously know better than i but just what i have seen and here's a great example too you know i have this client absolutely love him and he's been in a professional league for 18 years super veteran right amazing black man amazing and the league that he plays in is a wealthy white man under white rule, all about the money. And the way that I've seen black players in this sport be treated is just quite frankly, gross to me. And what he did with two other players as he created a league, just three of them, that then transcended to 230 of them that became something that's turning global in a year to educate and inform about their experience 
not only in that one organization, now it's spread to all the organizations. So it's something that's become, again, a movement. And what he's done is he's not a victim of his circumstance. He's decided to inform and educate from a place of authenticity and his experience so that people can understand what he's had to undergo in his life. None of us like to hear the word victim. I mean, I had no idea that when we sat down to record this podcast and we're unscripted, that we were going to go into race. I'm happy we're there. It's not an issue. For me, when I hear somebody like that, they've understood that victimization is over there. That belongs to somebody else. It's almost like somebody else's problem, right? But so for me to show up, I have to move beyond that. So that the Black Lives Matter movement uses the fact that victimization has occurred. But in order to propel itself forward, you can't own the victimization. What you've got to do is move past it and move it to to a place of self-expression, self-worth. We show up in the world. That's why we matter. We don't matter because we were victims. We matter because we matter. Yes, Mm -hmm. because you're part of the human race. You know, I mean, and this is the part of like, if we're going to talk metaphysical, you just said it, like not owning it. It's when you own something, you become tethered to it, right? Like just like dense body. And we talked about this in other podcasts where we're trying to transcend this carbon physical body of density in the third dimension to the fifth dimension of light and crystalline. And if we're to do that, we have to drop the story. We have to drop the generational ties and lineages because we came here to this planet to help it transcend, which means that we drop the labels. We drop the names. We drop the identification with what our outer self, this meat suit, this vehicle that we're driving actually has anything to do with, regardless of female, male, black, Mm -hmm. white. Republican, Democrat, X, Y, and Z, you you name it, you know, I mean, there's all different kinds of opposing forces that give us an identification. If we drop those, we transcend into a soul. You know, again, I've talked about Master Cho Kuksui, who I love as a teacher. And one of the things that he would say, which helps me every single day, is I am not my mind. I'm not my emotions. I'm not even this body. I am a soul. So when you claim that you are a soul, you are not the experience that's been bestowed upon you, which means you are not victimized or a victim of your experiences. And I think that that's beautiful. And there's a lot of learning there. And there's a lot of what I would say, new habit creation that needs to be tapped into in in what you just described, because whether you're black, Asian, fat, rich, poor, whatever ways that we as human beings find to find difference with each other. Right. We can step back and look at a statement like the one you just made to ground us, to reconnect. Exactly. With. So that we can connect into the whole together. Absolutely. So we don't wear any of those labels where people can then identify that as victimhood. And that's important. I know we've spent a bit of time in the race area because it, it, it pressed buttons and that's what it does. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here. No, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here as a 61 year old black man who's been on that journey. So I, I resonate and I've had that label of 
victim pointed at me. And in fact, what an interesting other dynamic of that is that when you challenge it in certain ways, you're told you've got a chip on your shoulder, which is an expression we use here in the UK, which is the fact that when you move beyond victimhood, people can look at you suspiciously mm -hmm. as if to say, well, why aren't you feeling a victim? You know, it's almost like that spot there belongs to you. No, it doesn't. Right. You've got to move beyond it. Right. Right. And the only that way that you can move beyond it is to recognize that you are a soul. You've been given this purpose. You've been given this, I'll say, identification, even though we're trying to transcend that. You've been given this identification so that you can elicitate a map for others of your experience. Give them an informed, educated viewpoint so that you can inspire and motivate others to be the best version of themselves in whatever they've been given, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and I know that there will be people who are listening to this and they might say, well, you know, I am a X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, not, you know, a black male. No, okay? absolutely. Um, okay. And, and they've had an experience. Maybe it was a rape victim. Maybe it was somebody who was beaten up. Maybe it was somebody who was a victim of um, domestic violence, but all of those experiences and i and i speak from experience i have not had an easy journey and i know that most of us have not had an easy journey and every time we have had a challenge it is opposition that helps us expand into the greatest version of ourselves because when we transcend or when we learn from those experiences then we no longer participate in the lessons when they're given to us whether it be like we talked about in the very beginning some sort of a victimization or feeling like a victim, but your client was the perpetrator. If he had just said, darling, I need you to get off the phone. Yeah. I want to have dinner. Yeah. And just ended the conversation. He would have transcended Absolutely. his drama triangle, but he didn't. He chose not to. And it so what I'm saying is that when we do that, we actually get a badge of honor in our auric field. Every time we transcend a lesson, we have badges in our luminous field. That means the, the seven layers of energy outside of our body. And they help us to up-level, just like in a video game. I just have to say this real quick. I know I'm going off on a tailspin for just one minute, but I just saw this movie called Free Guy on the plane here. And, <laughs> and it's so funny because he puts on these glasses and all of a sudden there's all these flashing lights all around. It's funny because I actually see that. Like that's how I see people. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like yeah. they've got they've got these little org badges all over that they're collecting through their experiences. And again, some of these badges are larger than others depending on how big the lesson was. But the faster we move through them, the faster we drop the anchor, the faster we get to transcend to that next level. And when we get to that next level, man, it's so much more fun to play. And I think this is a good place to bring the episode to a close and have a look at something that we can give our listeners to, to go away with and think about. And it's a simple little exercise. And, and that is take a look at the conversations that you have in your household, particularly the fractious ones and, and the do the same in your workplace. Just Really look at the environment that you're operating in and listen and see if you can understand who you are in those conversations. Are you a victim? And what are you observing? 
See who takes up that victim role, who takes up the persecutor role. And when those roles change in exchange, you'll be very surprised when you do that exercise. You will be so more far tuned into what people are doing, what they're actually saying, what's actually happening inside of them, as well as what's happening inside of you. And you may start to understand that some of this conditioning has sat within you from childhood. And you can change it if you want to. And to speak to that, Michael, remember everyone, just because there's a triangle does not mean that there's three people in the triangle. Sometimes it's victim perpetrator and you're looking for the external stimuli to be your savior, to help you, whatever that might be. And more often than not, you are. You're looking at the world to somehow save you yeah. or yeah. Some knight in shining armor to come riding on his white horse or her white horse to come and fix the challenge. And again, every time we're looking at somebody else to save us, we're being victimized. Absolutely. That healing starts from within. Of course. And awareness. Well, thank you folks for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed this. We took some tangents, but as you can hear, the conversation developed in a way that it was organic. Uh, this is how we do it here on Evolve Beyond. Amy, over to you to say goodbye to our listeners. Well, we thank you all for listening with an open heart and an open mind. And Michael and I wish for all of you to evolve beyond victimhood. Thanks for listening. We look forward to you joining us on our next episode where we'll be asking you to evolve beyond rejection. Who is Amy Elizabeth? Amy's formal background is in psychology and education, and over the past two decades, she has coupled this with multiple forms of energy medicine to assist her clients in identifying and living their highest evolution. She believes evolution is an everyday choice that we can all access, and her work focuses on assisting you to clear and create pathways to a fulfilling, majestic, and holistic spiritual existence. She utilizes ancient tools and rituals backed by scientific methods to achieve this. Having worked with high achievers, influencers, many decorated officers, professional athletes, business leaders and entrepreneurs, she has co-created a map to navigate living the life you were created to live in connectivity, joy and peace. Who is Michael Adams? Michael is a human behavior specialist who focuses on psychology and talking therapies. He is also an internationally respected marketing consultant, mentor, business growth strategist, and public speaker. In a professional career that spans over 40 years, he has practiced in the areas of elite professional sport, corporate business, public and private sector environments. In the past decade, his focus has been in the field of personal development, looking at improving individuals' dialogue with themselves in order to reach their full potential in life. He continues to develop new techniques that can be simply deployed by individuals in their everyday lives. 